Welcome, everybody, to Ears Up In Depth, the only show that you need that talks about the most important stories around Disney uh, land, Disney World, the Disney Company, and points beyond. I don't know. I'm your host, Jason, and with me, as always, Jeremy. That's right. Episode 27. We're doing it, man. We're here. Soldiering on. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's right. Uh, you know, gone are the slim pickings, uh, you know, of the closed Disney resorts. Now we have uh, fascinating news to talk about, and I'm I'm happy about that. You know, I was looking through because um, I wanted to kind of fact check something I brought up in this in my story tonight. So I was looking through an old write up that I had done because I saved them like a lunatic, yeah. and. Um, I went through and I was like, God, the news was so much cool. Like, I don't know. I feel like I liked, I was like, oh, those were good stories when we talked about them. Like, <laughs> you know, the guy with the gun and the, and the parking lot. <laughs> Give me that. I, I don't know. It was yeah. just when the parks were really full steam, there was a lot to talk. I mean, everybody was out. The crazies were out. Oh, for sure. It is funny because these, you know, these Disney fan news sites, um, they're, they sort of like are stretching the what they call news now, and you know it's like wow. How, first of all, how does this wind up in my Google News feed? This is just literal trash, <laughs> and I can't think of anything right now. But uh, oh, if Mouse Gear gets a new uh, bandana in, it's it's front page news on some of these sites. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got breaking. There's a new T-shirt. At the Emporium. Yeah, I, I saw we, one where it's no. like it's like flashback to our five best foods at Disney World, and it's like who cares? Best foods. <laughs> like not even who cares about what's happening now, but who cares what you liked before the park closed <laughs> down? Who gives? Who gives one? Who gives one of those? Hey, S-words? what you used to like? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, also, chances are the things on that list aren't even available anymore. So, like, who, just literally, who cares? But you have to, but that's the problem. That's why I don't do that because you have to be, po- you have to post like an article a day to get up in those rankings and get, get spun up in those uh, spiders that crawl for your news. And I just don't have the time to do that. I wish I did because I think those people make a pretty decent amount of money doing news from uh, yeah. Google AdWords or Google Ads. This is a spider free zone. I can tell you that. That's right. That's right, baby. <clears throat> All right. Well, I, I have. What some, is this baby? I don't know, man. You've done it like three times already. Have I really? That's annoying. I won't do it again. Tw- twice on the air, and then like once before, and I was like, okay. oh, okay. I guess this is a thing. Yeah, I won't do it anymore. Is I'll this do. is baby the John of twenty twenty? <laughs> maybe, maybe, okay. baby. Well, we'll sit tight and see what happens. <laughs> Let's find out, man. As unpredictable <laughs> as this year has been, I can't, uh, I can't divulge, you know, any spoilers. Yeah. Before we get to the show, I want to remind you guys of our travel partner, Concy Ears. You go to concierge.com and they will help you plan your entire vacation to Walt Disney World. I know Jeremy has some news about what's going on over there. And uh, look, things are very confusing right now over at the parks. Nobody knows what's going on. Um, I see a lot of weird news coming out about Disney World, and then I see photos that sort of contradict the weird news, and it's just, it, it could be really uncomfortable. So if, if you feel like you want to go, feel like you're missing the parks, but you're not really sure what to expect, the people at Concierge will let you know. They will help you book your hotels. They will help you book any dining reservations that you might possibly need. They'll let you know what the fast pass uh, deal is going on over there. They'll figure it all out for you. So check them out. Concierge 
com. They're great people. They're great supporters of the show, and they want to do. Uh, they want to give you the best vacation possible, and at no cost above the price of your ticket or the price of your reservation or something like that. They're not upcharging you. Everything is just straight across the board. It's a service that they offer in addition to uh, booking your your travel. So check them out. Concierge.com. Can I tell you something else about Concierge? Sure. This week, a Spectro Radio listener reached out to me on social media and asked if Concierge is still open during the pandemic. Oh, wow. And I said, yes. Nice. They and definitely they, are. They've got it going. They're they're planning it. Hell they're yeah. planning the trip. I love it. So it's happening. I love that. Yeah, no, they 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 definitely stayed open as as soon as they could. They were uh, you know, they were still uh, they, they were booking hotels, man. And you know, it was uh it was really great. It touched me greatly that that they kept uh, supporting the show even through the the, the shutdown when they weren't uh, getting any income from it. And just for me that speaks volumes of, of a company is how they how they help other people out, and uh, it was really, it was really nice. It was lovely. I could tell you were touched greatly. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> um, speaking of unpredictable, Jeremy, I'm going to go first. Good. Yeah, we didn't talk about this beforehand. We didn't plan this out already. Right. Yeah. Only like Rob and Thomas know for sure. Um, sure. Okay. The impact COVID has had on the Disney bottom line is obvious. We've worn that egg out on this show several times with Disney World being open for weeks now and the surrounding areas at least getting some incoming revenue um how is the fair city of Anaheim doing well i'm glad i asked that jeremy because cal state fullerton has just released a new study that answers my very question disneyland being where it has has an overall impact of about 8.5 billion dollars a year to the local economy Jeez, that's a lot. That is a ton, which is apparently a 50% increase from 2013. Just to show you like how much that machine has just chewed up the uh, the local area. Yeah, 50% yeah. increase in, you know, what is that, uh, seven years? And they don't even have Six run years. Disney anymore. No, I know. Can you imagine? It'd be 8.6. What would it be? 8.6. Um, that's also why the city, you know, tends to bend over backwards to accommodate Disney. We've covered those uh, on the news as well. It also highlights just how much money the businesses in the city are missing out on. Orange County's COVID testing is on a downward trend. Uh, I should say, uh, the positive results are on a downward trend, uh, but it's still almost three times higher in some parts of Anaheim than in the rest of the country, which is the main reason that's preventing the Disneyland Resort from opening its parks under California's new four-tier color-coded system. Three times higher than the rest of the nation. But it's coming down. It's just not as as, as rapidly as, as everybody would like. So, yeah, but it is happening. There are some signs of life in Anaheim, however, as businesses slowly begin to reopen. The JW Marriott in Anaheim recently opened up after pushing their grand opening date back from all the way back in March. So they've been waiting for a grand reopening of this hotel for months, and they hmm. finally got it. And I everyone's really excited. Oh, that's the grand opening. That's a new yeah. hotel. Yeah, yeah, brand new hotel. Got it. So hotels are gaining more confidence with these measures and seem to be preparing for the day that Disneyland announces an opening date. Of course, the money lost won't be recovered for years, I think. We'd need a vaccine and even maybe rapid testing, some rumors going around, uh, to happen at the gates to fully see crowds back to peak level sooner. Um, and I mentioned rapid testing because, uh, you know, we were talking about one of these uh, Disney news sites that sort of just 
pumps out a news article based on nothing. Right. These people were talking about like a former Imagineer says that uh, rapid testing could be the key to reopening, and like they made that a news article. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's insane. So me being me, I looked into to rapid testing, and apparently it has its issues as well. The current leader um, in this department is an antigen assay from Abbott Laboratories in Illinois. It costs about five bucks and takes 15 minutes to return a result. Now, I'm not going to take a test. And where are you going to stand while your test comes back for 15, 20 minutes? Like, how, you know, how would they even do that? On the Esplanade, you just st- you stand there anyway. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, you imagine... I don't know, 10,000 people wanting to get in. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like those long lines that you see at the beginning of the day, 8, 9 o'clock in the morning that are 100 people deep. I'm just going to stand there, potentially getting breathed on by someone who's contagious. Yeah, there's one thing I don't want to do at Disneyland. It's stand in a line. Now, keep in mind, this is, this is uh, one of the reasons uh, that Disneyland could open or could eventually be mask-free. Is people would line up. I for, I didn't mention that. The, for, the, so they would take this test. Then you could get into the park and not have to wear a mask. That's like See, the, now, what this one Imagineer thinks that could potentially, maybe, possibly happen. That's never going to happen. They just it's, first it's never of all, happen. they make money selling masks. Well, yeah, but they can they could sell the test. I don't know. It, it, it's never going to happen sure. for for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Uh, mainly, the issue with this test is that it, it will only so far tell you if you are highly contagious. At the peak of your contagion, mm. it lacks the subtlety of some of the other long form tests, like they go up your nose. It takes like an hour or something like that to get yeah. responses. And a laboratory, it takes a whole thing, right? So it, it doesn't tell you, it, there, there's no subtlety to determine any amount of the infection. I hate a lack of subtlety. Me too. <laughs> Drives me crazy. Yeah. Uh, why? Is that why you hate me? <laughs> when I picture lack of subtlety, I see a picture <laughs> it's of you. me for sure. So the fear here is that these tests can be rolled out to screen folks coming in to say a theme park without a mask or a movie theater or whatever, but will miss out on the larger point of this person being still contagious. They're just not highly contagious. So, so the these sort of like really rapid tests aren't there yet, and for people to start writing articles to put their hopes of going maskless in Disneyland or Disney World on these fast tests that don't test for the thing that we really need them to test for. It, it just, it's, it's just nonsense. There's nonsense floating out around there. So It's a ways off. They needed something oh to God. publish that day. Yeah. Uh, so the long and the short of it is don't put your hopes in an at-the-door test being part of COVID prevention at the parks anytime soon. It's mask up or get out for the foreseeable future. And I've been saying that I, I think, you know, I, I think we're going to see a date announcement for Disneyland opening um, in, a, in another week, maybe five days, maybe by the, the middle of next week. That's my that's my feeling. It's my gut feeling. But why don't you write an article? <laughs> see, this is the thing. You are not cap- you're letting all these things just go by in the flow. You're not writing. You, that should be I have you have a whim. You have a thought. Boom. Boom. You can turn that into a five page essay. I probably could get those clicks. <laughs> I'll retweet you. Thanks, man. That'd be a first. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I knew that would. uh, I knew that would uh, scratch your record. Get my goat. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jeremy. Well, there you go. That's my. uh, That's my first story on. uh, Don't worry about rapid testing yet, everybody. Slow down. It's way too soon. Have you seen the new live action Mulan? I have not. Oh, I'm surprised. (laughs) Actually, are you really surprised? surprised? 
Because you don't have Disney Plus anymore. No, but no, I don't. Well, it's causing a bit of a backlash, which I think you might know a little bit about. But And I'm not just talking about Disney charging its Disney Plus subscribers an additional fee to watch it. Yeah, could you imagine? Right. 30 so bucks. That is the case. Yeah. But that's Disney's whole thing. They always charge me money for the privilege of spending more money. Yeah, but only if you spend money first. Right. It's like, oh, do you want this shirt? It's like, oh, this is for pass holders only. It's not free. It's the opportunity to buy more. Yeah. Thank you. I feel so hashtag blessed. (laughs) Though that is the case. They are charging their subscribers $30, I think $29.99 maybe to watch it. Um. And many subscribers aren't happy about it, but that's not what I'm talking about. The most recent and underwhelming string of live action remakes of classic Disney animated movies, Mulan is receiving calls for a boycott and criticism for being filmed, at least in part, in the Xinjiang region of China. This is the same region of China where human rights advocates have criticized China for housing the minority group of Uyghur Muslims in mass internment camps over the last several years. So do you know about this? Uh, yeah, briefly. I heard a little bit about it. We, we, we mentioned it on the, uh, on the main show, basically just what you just said. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, criticism of the film actually began back in 2019. As you'll recall, we reported here a year ago, protests had been mounting there for several months over new laws that criminalized certain elements of what previously had been protected free speech in Hong Kong, as well as new extradition laws passed allowing Hong Kong citizens to be sent to mainland China to have their cases tried through mainland criminal justice system, <laughs> which is separate from that of Hong Kong, which is to say the least uh, opaque in the mainland. Yeah. Uh, police conduct in Hong Kong had become a focus for the protesters. And it was then that Milan's film star tweeted out her support for the police in Hong Kong, cracking down on the protesters. She also called what was happening in Hong Kong a shame on them. According to an article in the New York Times, Praising Hong Kong police makes for good politics in China, where Ms. Liu, the star of the movie, is courting an audience for her new film. China has a history of blacklisting entertainers who have made contentious political statements, including some who have supported Hong Kong's pro-democracy movement. The calls to boycott Mulan were reignited last month as Disney ramped up its promotion for the movie, and Grant Major, the film's production designer, recently told Architectural Digest that their production team spent several months in and around the Xinjiang region doing research before filming. In 2017, Nikki Caro, the director of the film, posted a photo of a vast desert landscape on her Instagram account with the location marked as Urumqi. Urumqi is the capital of Xinjiang. Timing of this post and Grant Major's interview suggests that the cast and crew were likely in the Xinjiang region of China after the Chinese government further expanded its crackdown on ethnic minorities in 2017. The backlash against the movie further intensified following its release when viewers noticed in the credits Disney's thanking six government entities in Xinjiang. (laughs) Just keeps that. One right after the other. Good gravy, man. Human rights advocates and legal scholars have called the crackdown in Xinjiang the worst collective human rights abuse in China in decades. Which is saying something for the one child only Tiananmen Square country. (laughs) Right. Uh, This is not the first time Disney has collided with politics in China. In 1997, Disney produced the Martin Scorsese film Kundun, 
which took a critical look at the Chinese government's treatment and oppression of the Dalai Lama. Initially, the company rejected Chinese objections to the movie. However, following a move by China to ban all Disney films there, the company lobbied to retain its access to China's large customer base of moviegoers. And ultimately, the then CEO of Disney, Michael Eisner, apologized for even making the film, calling it a stupid mistake and a, quote, form of insult to our friends. (laughs) So much for the Dalai Lama. Wow. Um, And as for the movie itself... A friend of mine described it like, quote, imagine watching Titanic, but removing Kathy Bates and the wonderful score and the third class party below deck. Still the same story. The boat still sinks, but just a charmless drama. That's the new Mulan. That's the new Mulan. So I've heard that you know, where it's just it's sort of like blah. It's compared to the, the new Star Wars movies where there's not a whole lot of character development. Yeah. I th- yeah, uh, so it's getting a lot of uh, it's underwhelming res- critical response, mm-hmm. um, and certainly has caused some uh, hashtags calling for a boycott. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the boycott has then it had anything to do because it has had a lackluster opening in China where movie theaters are open. Hmm. But who knows what that's about? Right, I'm sure you the Chinese are like, like causing that. Yeah, they're like, God, who cares? We get it, Mulan. Yeah, so Mulan. Move on, more like it. Move you know on. what I mean? Move on. Well, Jeremy, I too have some Disney production woes to talk about. Yeah, it, dovetail. That's, let's do that, please. Uh, it seems Disney is experiencing a few hiccups with regards to some big name productions. First, the issues surrounding Mulan and the seemingly supportive messages directed at the Chinese government, as my most excellent colleague already mentioned. And now... Rumors swirling around two of Disney's biggest bets, the Black Panther sequel and the Mandalorian series on Disney+. Plus. The passing of Chadwick Boseman, who of course played the Black Panther in the blockbuster MCU films, threw everyone for a loop, including apparently Chadwick himself, who was reportedly looking forward to getting back into the gym to start training for Black Panther 2 as early as March. He was, so, he was well, really looking, he was, he was planning on it. Like he thought he had the thing beat, the colon cancer beat. He was just staying positive through the whole process. Um, this is what's so terrifying Yeah, about that because this seemingly took him by surprise, even though he had been fighting it for some time. It seems like he was, I mean, I guess maybe you just still make plan. I don't know. I've never, thankfully been in those shoes but um maybe you you have to continue to look forward but it sounds like he was like oh no i'm you know i'm gonna i can't even go to the gym and i'm healthy like forget about (laughs) yeah Yeah, well i mean apparently when he was doing black panther i i think on that set he thought that he had beaten it okay and then it came back but the hard part is he was very private about it so he didn't really tell anybody so nobody really knows for sure but like like I, I don't really have experience like that. My experience was this is how you fix it with surgery. Okay, and you take it out and it's done. So there's no right. really time to process. It's like a, a month between diagnosis and surgery. You're like, okay, it's it's out, I guess, or whatever. So there's yeah. there's no time to figure out what ifs or, or, or whatever. You just kind of go along with the flow and you're sort of in this like, you know, I don't know, floating mindscape of like, I just, I'm just going to pretend everything's normal because they say it's going to be fine. But with something like that, that's very aggressive. Um, yeah. I think you, you do have to maintain some sort of positivity. And he was still going to like children's hospitals even like a month or two before he passed. 
and Jeez. and and providing information or information a comfort for the kids and he just he was still very very outgoing so uh not outgoing I should say but uh very giving of his time and his energy to his craft and to helping other people which is sort of makes the whole thing even a little bit more even a little worse <laughs> you know what i mean to right. lose to lose an actor is like okay well, you know whatever you were an actor in a movie that i liked whatever but you made a positive impact on people outside of the set and that's i think more important sure it sounds like he was a good human being yeah um so he was ready to get back to training for black panther 2 as well apparently as having already landed another film role to begin shooting later on this year so he was really thinking positively about that and for a fact i i would not I, i i don't know that i could for four years of struggling with colon cancer Still acting, still doing movies. Like he completed two movies before. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. Um, But anyway, according to internet rumors that seem to come from a a reliable source, whatever that means anymore, (laughs) T'Challa will be written out of Black Panther 2, who has apparently, uh, having died off screen. Was that his character's name? Yeah. Okay. That's the Black Panther's uh, name is T'Challa. Okay. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. And if not, well, I'm sure I'll hear about it. And his sister, Shuri, will take his place, becoming the next Black Panther. Oh. And apparently this is what happens in the comics, or at least in one of the timelines. The hard part about like trying to be a comic book fan is you have all these like fractured timelines of stuff, right? Like you have you have a whole a whole story of Batman in like um samurai days as like a samurai and you have batman in the future and you have spider-man and you have all these all these different timelines of this story that they're they're being explored in 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 various ways so uh you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that that this character has like five other places that they could have taken the narrative right but they pick the one that has apparently has his sister taking his place I had no idea that's a thing that these comic books aren't just linear. Yeah, I know. And it, it <laughs> me being me, that it, it sort of annoys me that they're not. It's like just let the oh. story die. You know what I mean? Like I'm a, I'm I'm like an X-Men guy, like a Wolverine guy, just like just let the story die. I, I like that. The story just kind of like died. Do we have to pass the mantle? Do we need a different s- story here or there or whatever like uh, the original Batman with Michael Keaton, the best Batman? fought the Joker that wasn't you know that wasn't necessarily per the comics but his origin story was you know his parents got robbed in an alleyway by um the man who would become the Joker and then now you have the Christopher Nolan John it's just it's a whole mess it's a big mess over there I don't like it give me my story this is what I like this is what I like anyway it is a mess over there it is a mess man so you can't really recast a male Black Panther, call him T'Challa, and just pretend like nothing happened. And I don't think you can CGI him back into a role like they did with poor Carrie Fisher in Star Wars either. You have. Why to, can't they recast it? Because, it, I, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe my next sentence explains that. You have to pay respects to the man and the character that brought, brought so much joy to so many kids. I don't think you can recast with the same name. I don't think you can say, here's now T'Challa, here's another black man playing Black Panther, who sort of looks the same, but is very, very different. It, it, it's going to be too obvious. And I don't, Would you I never don't see think you Bewitched? <laughs> we got a new Darren. But he, yeah, well, and he was terrible. Right? He was always compared to the other Darren. Yeah. And Ooh, that, did you ever and, see Roseanne? We had a new Becky. Then old Becky came back. And do you, Just, think, do you, do you think those were good choices? Sure. You do? 
I think it was great. Okay. Well, because <laughs> well, they poked fun at it. Like the first ep- with the first episode, the old Becky came back. Yeah. Every time she walked into a scene, everybody goes, where have you been? <laughs> like it was in this like they were like, what's going on? Oh, it was great. I love how they handled it. Can you imagine? I they could go about Roseanne all day. Can you imagine if they did that with Black Panther? Where have you been? Who are you? Or they're like, I am T'Challa. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they should do it. I, I mean, they could, but I don't think they could, if you know what I mean. It would be have disrespectful. It would be disrespectful. Any other major recastings? I mean, soap operas do it all the time. Sure, but those are terrible. Those are soap operas, right? This is this is a Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, cornerstone now. You know, Black Panther uh, uh, lit the flames of a generation. You can't you can't recast. You can't do that. You have to pass the mantle. In my opinion, are you telling me that T'Challa is more of an important character? That in, the, in in terms of the moving image than Phyllis from The Young and the Restless? Is that what you're trying to convince me of? Well, okay, maybe you got me over a barrel there. All right. Fine, sorry, yeah. I'll let it go. But, you know. <laughs> um, and apparently replacing MCU characters is sort of the way forward for Marvel. Captain America, Thor, Black Widow, the bow and arrow guy, even the Hulk are all getting recast as their main characters get killed off and mantles past so um, i'm okay with this move as much as i really didn't like shuri's character i found her annoying most of the time but i'm hoping that that was more of an artistic choice to play an irritating little sister and that she will do the role of black panther justice if that rumor is to be believed now over in the mandalorian territory you know Mm -hmm. i i have no love for that that series but I'm in the minority, apparently. The trailer for season two dropped last week, and it actually looks pretty good. I think we're going back to Tatooine. Uh, the settings sort of look better. There's like a, a bigger, more modern uh, like shipping city that you know could be potentially pretty cool. And we're a bit more invested in the characters than in season one. So this round might actually be worth watching finally. However, the actor who plays the Mandalorian has reportedly left the set during the filming of season two over issues with how much screen time he was getting. Pedro Pascal plays Mando, and fans of the show know that part of the Mandalorian religion is that you never take your helmet off in front of anyone. If you do, you can never put it back on. Like most things in religion, this makes little to no sense, but hey, this is the way. Apparently, midway through season two, the storyline shifts away from from Mando as we know him, and as a result of Pascal's temper tantrum. He really wanted scenes without his helmet on, because there was there was one scene in season one where he took his helmet off in front of a droid who's not considered a person, so that was fine. It didn't violate his religious order, right? But he he was clashing with the creative team on set, like John Favreau and and someone else, I forget his name, and was like, I I, I want more screen time. I I want to take my helmet off. I want to, like, people to see me, you know? So this actor, you don't see his face. He can't emote, basically, right? Yeah. So we it could be anyone in there. And in fact, sometimes it, it, it was. Oh, um, you know, I can relate to this because when I was in marching band in college, uh-oh. it was a big no, no yeah. to ever be in partial uniform. OK, you had to be all the way or none, but you couldn't just take your gloves off, take your hat off. You had to be in, you know, you couldn't be on, you know, so I really understand what he's going through. I bet you, you know what? Those, those things are very similar. When you first said marching band, I thought there's no way these will line up. And in fact, I was incorrect. <laughs> it's exactly the same 
Don't bet against me. I would never do that. Um, he really wanted scenes without his helmet on, and the creative team on the show really dug in their heels against that, wanting to preserve the Mandalorian lore. Apparently, he even tried going above the heads of his creative team and went up the ladder to Lucasfilm to try and get them to intervene on his behalf, which is never a good look. What do you just call like one eight hundred Lucasfilm? Like, hi, apparently, it's it's, uh, it's Pedro. Me. Yeah. Uh, once the team on the set heard this, apparently, ru- this is rumor. They asked him to leave, and he did. So halfway through season two, this is what was happening. And they said, you know what? You should just leave. And he did. He left. Now, well, of course, they can get Hank to do this job from over, <laughs> you know, pouring the coffee. That's right. And get a grip. We cast you because you aren't that good of an actor that we can just have you do this whole role. Yeah. In a mask. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you were really relying on your ability to cry on cue or laugh or play drunk, it would have gone to someone else, Pedro. That's the, that's the bottom line. Yeah, and you know, and I understand about acting where they're acting in 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 a, in a costume in a suit where there still is subtlety, where you still move a certain way and you give a reason for it. And there's reason for every action, and so you know. Th- there's that you're you're restrained even more so and you're you're sort of restrained in your character but you're you're sort of have to overreact to certain things you you need a reason for every action for every movement has to have a reason for it and even more so in a care in a in a costume right? right but um when he signed the contract he knew what was going on he understood that you can't take your helmet off and so now such a big success he, i think he wants to reap some of the benefits of that he got a little big for his britches, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, so you might think that having the main actor leave would just kill the production, kill scenes and whatever. But apparently, Pascal wasn't the only one putting the man in Mando. See, oh, see what I did God. there? That was really Mando good. and lore. You've done this twice now in that word. Hey, man. That's what I do. If the new actor is played by someone named Ian. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, Brendan Wayne, grandson of Western star John Wayne, and Latif Crowder, who is the grandson of someone, I would imagine, uh, have both taken turns as the Mandalorian. Since Pascal's vocals are recorded in a studio after filming takes place, it sort of doesn't really matter who is actually in the suit. Right. So some interesting stuff happening on set, uh, which remembering the considerable trouble those recent movie productions had, like all the, you know, the last three Star Wars movies had tons of product uh, directors leaving. Everything's, you know, uh, all in a hizzy over there. This is sort of on par with just about anything from the Star Wars universe, if it's true. So now he's sort of in a hizzy. He's sort of tagged as like, you know, difficult to work with. Because uh, he wanted his, he wanted some scenes with his helmet on, man. And, which I don't under like. I I get it. I, the whole time through season one, I was like, I would be thoroughly annoyed right now if I was that actor because you you do want that street cred. You want people to know who you are, and not just your you know your name, but also to go over the heads of the of production you're you're not yeah you're difficult to work with brother sorry try renegotiating in season three well also i feel like you have to play the role that you got you know like you can't get a role for an extra in a commercial and expect that you're going to be washing your hair uh in in the shower in the main scene like you've got to work your way up you want street cred 
do this job and do this job to the best of your ability. And then when the next role comes, maybe you'll get to take the mask off. Right. And you can actually move and talk on screen. I know. Like can you imagine actor. Jake from State Farm? Uh, so, sir, director, I, I was told, I, I was thinking about shaving my head during this scene. Is that okay? No, your your job is to sell auto insurance to this football man. I, I think I want to shave my hair while I'm doing it. You don't do that. You right, play the role not you're what we're looking for. Yeah. So anyway, that's some fascinating stuff going on behind the scenes um, for for uh, both of these new block. I don't want to say they're blockbusters, I guess, because I would uh, assume that both of them are going to be released in a movie theater. Uh, but uh, Mandalorian season two does actually look pretty good. I will still give it a shot. Although, like I've mentioned before, I've tried to rewatch season one in case I missed anything and I couldn't finish it. I was so thoroughly bored. So uh, yeah. I think season two will be a little bit more interesting. So and, it's someone's uh, grandson? Yeah, Brendan Wayne is uh, the a grandson of uh, John Wayne. Oh. And I thought about going on a whole tirade about like who John, Rain, John Wayne really was in real life, but uh, I, I decided not to. Well, I think John Wayne um, was in a movie. I believe he was in the movie called The Searchers. Okay, that sounds familiar. Which was one of the movies that was featured in The Great Movie Ride at Disney's MGM Studios. Wow, bringing it all around. Yeah, I tried watching it. It was on uh, Turner Classic Movies a couple weeks ago, and I tried watching it, and it was absolutely unwatchable. <laughs> all those movies are total dog crap. <laughs> They're yeah. just... Well, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of those that has actually has gained uh, notoriety as being one of the best, best Westerns, um, not okay. the hotel. Yeah, sure. But, like... I guess Western sucks. So like to be yeah. the best of all the sucky. Okay. Still sucky. Yeah. I yeah. don't, uh, I mean, there's, if there's very few Westerns that I, I like, and most of them have, um, have, uh, Clint Eastwood in them. Like there's, there's not, there's not that Western genre is sort of dumb. And especially back in like, I mean, the searchers was from 1956. So you're yeah. especially talking like 40s through the 60s, those kind of like, here's the Italian men to play the Indians. Like those are inherently going to be terrible movies. And I don't know right. why people still really like them, but I don't know. There's like that nostalgia. My dad used to watch, love watching Westerns, man. Roy Rogers, big Roy Rogers guy. And I tried to say, I couldn't get through five minutes before I was pulling my hair. I'm like, I got to go. I can't, I can't <laughs> sit here and watch this, this, this goose egg sitting on a horse. You know, I don't know, man. I just, just strumming his guitar. Get over it. This is 1992, yeah. dad. I'm out of here. I'm going to go skateboard. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, that's my I don't story. think I've ever been on a skateboard. Uh, we should do it. I don't have one. I'll buy one. Next time you come out, I'll buy one and I'll put you on it. I'm not, you'll put me, <laughs> here you go. Yeah. Set me down. Yeah. I'll sit on it, but that's as far as it's going. No. Yeah, I don't have any balance. I can barely walk. Yeah. That's why I stopped skateboarding. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jeremy, I want to tell you about the 21st Amendment's iconic Hell or High Watermelon wheat beer has been a summertime favorite since they started making it in 2000 at their San Francisco South of Market Brew Pub near Giants Park, where baseball is seen and played. I don't know if you knew that about baseball, but it gets played and also gets seen by people. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the brewers at the 21st Amendment decided to have some fun and with a nod to the fall season, developed their latest beer, Hell or High Mango. Hell or High Mango is made with real fruit and is sweet, slightly tart with tropical floral flavors and aromas. It's a perfect beer to enjoy during this fall time of year as the colors and the season change. 
Behind all that great mango flavor and aroma is a wonderful wheat beer. With its biscuity, light bready notes, and at a mere 4.9% alcohol, it's even more enjoyable. Hell or High Mango is available across the country where 21st Amendment beer is sold. So go out and enjoy a Hell or High Mango today. If you've never had Hell or High Watermelon, it, it, it's a fantastic like burst of of watermelon. It's like real watermelon, right? And then uh, I can't wait to try some of this mango stuff, man. I, I love mango. I love it so much. I'm ready for it. I love wheat beer too. I'm not, I've never really been a wheat beer guy, but I don't know, wheat beer with fruit in it, I can sort of get behind. Can I tell you something about mango though that really hits home? <laughs> tell me. When I was a sophomore in college marching band, uh, the freshmen came and they called me mango. <laughs> <laughs> And that was like my nickname for six months. Why? Because at the time, the Saturday Night Live sketch with Chris Kattan, where he plays this weird animal called Mango, like a <laughs> like a monkey or something. Okay. And they were like, you remind us of him. And I was like, great. Oh, good. And so then I was Mango. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mango. Whenever I hear the word Mango, I either think of the 21st century, or the 21st <laughs> Amendment, yeah. or I think of my sophomore year nerdiness. Oh, geez. I know it's only September 17th, but people are planning their trips. So we've got to talk about the changes coming to the Christmas season at Walt Disney World. Yes. Chris, God, it's almost Christmas. Christmas is breathing down our necks. But there will be some noticeable changes to Christmas at Walt Disney World this year, thanks to COVID-19. First and foremost, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party has been canceled. The hard ticket event that has taken place on select nights during the Christmas season at the Magic Kingdom beginning early November will no longer take place. That means that beloved Christmas traditions such as Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Parade and the new Minnie's Wonderful Christmas Time Fireworks, which replaced holiday wishes last year, will no longer be featured, or at least this year. Yeah. Also, the Castle Dreamlights. That drape Cinderella Castle with shimmering white lights will not be displayed this year. Oh. Um, normally, by now, that big crane is out hoisting that fishnet castle <laughs> with the lights. <laughs> um, I actually, uh, this was my hot take. I oh. was happy. I don't like those dream lights. Really? I think they ruin the castle. They're like those obnoxious neighbors that just go a little too far with the decorating. It's like, <laughs> all right. No, we get it you, until you, February. Yeah, you're an expert at exterior illumination. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like them. Um, I think I just don't think they add anything. And sadly, we won't have, at least on Main Street USA, our annual dose of soap suds. I mean snow on Main Street. Oh man, that is sort of the best part. I know. That, that makes Taryn cry like, every time. It's so great. Every time she cries. Who cries? Taryn, she cries oh, she at like cries? yeah 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 she cries at that like that's her that's her <laughs> Christmas sort of like memory and and in fact the last time we were there was during you know quote the holidays which start in September right and um, you were there for Veterans Day right and uh, you know on Memorial Day when we were wa- we were walking past the Redwood <laughs> Creek Trail or whatever it's called oh. right in DCA and they yeah. were doing snow there and we just we didn't know it we just happened to catch it and I look over and she's like tearing up I'm like. Bro, you're not even in front of the castle. There's no fireworks. Stop it. This is just soap. She goes, I know, but it's just... I'll get over it. And then we got a churro. Aww. Yeah. I yelled at her. I, I, I threw her in the rapids of the ride next to her. And, uh, I'm just kidding. God, you really are an ogre. 
I really, I'm an, yeah, I'm an abusive, <laughs> unlikable I mean, character. Yeah, I don't know, man. Over at Epcot, a tradition that has been playing at Disney World since its opening in 1971, first in the Magic Kingdom and then at Epcot since 1994, and features celebrity narrations mm. of the traditional Christmas story against a symphony orchestra and mass choir will not be taking place this year. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Fill me in. You don't know what I just described? No. The candlelight processional. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, I believe you. <laughs> you don't listen to my ear, my uh, my segments. I did one on that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Notably, Disney has also announced that the official dates for the holiday season this year end on December 30th. Normally, they go usually till the end of the first week of January. This is significant because New Year's Eve is usually one of, if not the most crowded days of the year at Disney World and has traditionally mar been marked by throngs of people in attendance to witness the nighttime fireworks spectaculars that Disney uses to ring in the new year. But now the season will end just one day shy of New Year's Eve. Oh, wow. Yeah. But all is not lost for us Christmas-loving folk, Jason. Okay. Remember on our last episode when I told you about a Reddit user wondering about projections on the castle? Yes, of course. Yes. See, that's not so far away. You can remember that. Well, <laughs> it seems those weren't for the impending return of a nighttime spectacular, as I had speculated on spectro, spec, spec. Like, how many times can I say spec? Uh, but instead, um, they are... What, what did I write here? Instead, <laughs> it seems that they will be decorating Cinderella Castle with holiday projections and animations. So I think that's what they were doing. Ah, got it. New projections. So no lights, but projections. Disney loves projections. If they can get rid of something and <laughs> replace it with projections, they will. I know, man. And that first time I saw it, it was like, this is fuzzy and out of focus. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen a good working projection. It just looks... Like so, like your annoying neighbor got a, a you know a 1080p friggin' projector from Best Buy on Black Friday and is like wow yeah well you can't really tell but it's Santa's sleigh it just looks like a red pixel yeah but it's fine it just it looks terrible I don't like it I don't like it do you have an annoying neighbor who does that no no oh. yeah. maybe you should do it maybe I think, be the you annoying know what? neighbor honestly I want you to do projection mapping on your house this Christmas. I don't think I can get the projector far enough away. It would have to be like across oh, the street. Can. I project I bought a projector. We were watching movies on the side of the house all summer. Yeah, but that's that's like, you know, a, a certain square. You can't project you have to projection map across like the whole house. There there well, all right. There is a um a, a company, I forget the name, but if anybody's interested, they they sell these little animated movies that you can project into your window from in sure. from inside your house for Halloween. Yeah. For Halloween. You put a sheet up and it's like, you know, shadows of zombies or this, you know, could be a whole a whole scene. That's pretty cool. But uh, but that's very short. You know, you got that short throw. Right. Um, those long ones well, that just, Disney does just doesn't look they don't look good to me. Just project something. OK, I am. I'm projecting a lot of my insecurities every <laughs> time I do a show. <laughs> does that count? Well, if you if you loved Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Parade. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I ever saw it. Okay. Well, if anyone else who's listening <laughs> liked, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is anyone else? Uh, the characters will still be out and about. Santa Claus himself, the famous toy soldiers, reindeer and gingerbread will all be featured in impromptu cavalcades in the Magic Kingdom throughout the Christmas season. Ooh, Over, love it. Do you have something to say? I see you gesturing forward. I just said I love it. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Over at Epcot, beginning on November 27th, the Taste of Epcot International Food and Wine Festival booth. Festival booths will give way to the International Festival of the Holidays. The holiday kitchen, kitchens around World Showcase Lagoon will once again spotlight seasonal recipes from around the globe. Meanwhile, the Voices of Liberty, an a cappella ensemble from the American Adventure, will sing holiday carols outside of the America Gardens Theater. A special dining experience will be offered at Hollywood's Hollywood and Vine over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, where Minnie Mouse, Santa, Goofy, and other characters will appear for socially distant selfies with diners. If you aren't in the mood to be going into the parks, you can drop by Disney Springs, which will be decked out with Disney seasonal decor and Christmas trees. And here, the soap suds will be sudsing in the air, creating the snow-like effect every night. Also, Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar will once again transform into Jock Lindsay's Holiday Bar with festive decor, a seasonal menu you'll be sure to love. Oh, wow. (laughs) Waka waka. (laughs) And if you're like me Uh and you love touring, what? I said, uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. If you're like me and you love touring the resort hotels during Christmas, take heart. The lobbies of Disney's hotels will again feature their elaborate holiday decor and sounds only this year without their famous gingerbread house displays. Now, I should note that Disney's website says to check back for more seasonal magic that will be happening. So I'm guessing they're still working on a few extra holiday tricks for us. Mm. And hopefully those will be announced soon. But otherwise, they're doing what they can in a responsible way. But our nighttime Christmas spectaculars will not be here normal our parades bummer dude but it makes sense it's a big time bummer yeah i wonder if disney would release some footage you know of of some of these parades like they that they you know did when the parks were closed yeah i wonder if they would do something like that because people do really like the christmas parades and they, they do sort of uh have a lot of fond memories of of that too so it'd be nice to be able to at least watch it from home then I would well, watch one. I can tell you one other place you can experience holiday parades and holiday nighttime spectaculars. Where's that? Spectroradio.us. Oh, I've never heard of it. Tell me more. Yeah, the Christmas season always begins on Thanksgiving night on Spectro Radio. So, oh, wow. but man, I don't know. Maybe this year I might bump it up a little bit. I mean, you might as well. You could. You could. How often do you do you do that on Spectro? Like how many nights a week? Well, I just starting then. Yeah. I just throw a bunch of Christmas music into the mix. Oh, okay. Because you could so have like, like you can start with like Christmas hour. Well, this is exactly. And then you can it. you can drip it in there. Correct. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of doing. I love dripping it, it in. Yeah. We're gonna drip. We're gonna drip. Starting See, on Veterans <laughs> Day. Maybe that's what we just figured it out right here. That's on Spectro. Be, I mean, ears up. Uh, I I don't know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> yeah, you'll be turning tuning in. <laughs> I don't have a log, not that, not in the sense that you thought that, that I had a log, log yeah. but you don't. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, all right, Jeremy, what do you think? We're getting out of here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's call it a day. All right. 
calling it a day, folks. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, be sure to go to patreon.com slash ears up and become a Patreon subscriber uh, for as little as $2 a month, and you can help support the show. That would be really great stuff. Um, until next time, everybody, we will see you in the parks.